I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Thursday, and I'm joined by Alyssa Farrah Griffin. This is Behind the Table. All right. Welcome, Alyssa. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, Brian? Good. We had a great show today, and you, not that you're not always passionate, but you were definitely kind of fired up in Hot Topics today. What, what made you so animated? Okay, well, A, I had too many cups of coffee, but um, <laughs> the state of our nation has me animated. Uh, I was I was up late last night on CNN covering the, the GOP debate between mm-hmm. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and switching back and forth to Donald Trump. It was like this weird kind of thing because I felt really good after having Liz Cheney on the show. I was like, a woman yeah. that I admire is speaking truth to power, and she's talking about a future that could be different for the GOP. And then watching that kind of felt like the recycling of what's wrong. But at the same time, I also have this, I I read the polls, I believe them in aggregate, you know, within reason. And I have this fear that Donald Trump's, you know, careening toward the getting the nomination and then toward winning the general. And I just, I want to, people don't need my advice, but I just wanted to signal to the Democrats that we can't make it all a Trump issue because if Trump can beat Biden, then it's a Biden issue too. Right. Um, and it was, and, and I think it was an interesting back and forth, just hearing the different perspectives at the table. Yeah. Every, I mean, everyone was fired up. It's funny for my process in the morning. Um, I always kind of just take inventory in my head of everyone's mood, general condition. Like joy walked in this morning and she was great today, mm-hmm. but she walked in this morning and she was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I didn't sleep last night. I'm, I'm like, Oh boy, this is going to be a day. But she was great. I, I try to read it. I'm usually wrong. There's a longstanding feeling in the uh, office that the a good Hot Topics meeting means not a good show and a horrible Hot Topics meeting means a great show. Do you subscribe um, to that? I kind of agree because I didn't expect today's show to be particularly punchy. I felt like I was worried the topics, the first two Hot Topics were too repetitive, but everyone came to play, had a different perspective. And I also think I'm convinced we all do better on less sleep. I think that's part of it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that we're all just like, no, we're ready to fight. We're going on adrenaline. Yeah, definitely. And then there's always the level of caffeination, as you've pointed out. I think maybe if you work late, you over-caffeinate. Correct. Um, Sarah's been accused of always over-caffeinating. I'm not sure. So if you walk into the, for the listeners at home, you walk into the Hot Topics meeting every single day. Sarah Haynes is the first person there with Rebecca doing her makeup. And she is just chipper, like Mm -hmm. just there's too much energy at that hour. It's too positive. And we all joke that it's like she has more caffeine than any of us before she even makes it into the studio in the morning. The day of the week also really matters. As I've said before, if you have a favor to ask Whoopi Goldberg, always ask it on Thursday, never Mm -hmm. on a Monday, because she progressively gets in a better mood the closer she gets to the weekend. I think Joy's the well, there's never really a good day to ask Joy a favor, <laughs> now that I think about it. Maybe Wednesday, middle of the road. Middle yeah. of the week, yeah. Middle of the week. That's why she does the podcasts on Wednesdays. All right, but that's interesting. Um, so we had a re- we're had we having a really great uh, couple of weeks in the new year. I'm really happy with where the show is and how it's performing, how you guys are performing. The and guests we're getting are The incredible. guests we're getting is ter- are terrific, um, which is a credit to our booking team and you guys. Mm. Um, but we had an interview with former Congresswoman Liz Cheney yesterday, as you mentioned, I know you've been wanting for her to visit the show for a long time. Um, I know you had a, a role in booking her, as did Anna Navarro, as did I think the the, the final Whoopi. domino was Whoopi Goldberg, yep. who she mentioned this to Liz yesterday. I was with her. She came in one morning having read the book and just really wanted her on and uh, asked me to record a video of her that we could send mm-hmm. and just telling her how much she deeply oh, felt about the book. And that's that was, totally what yeah. put her over the edge because she and I had been texting and corresponding and she was always inclined to come for her. It was a matter of, you know, scheduling. And she even said, by the way, 
on air. She said, I'm nervous at this table. This woman who's taken on the most powerful men in the country, you know, we saw her in the January 6th hearings being intimidated at her table. I was like, I'd take that as a badge of honor. Um, but she wanted to come on. But what put her over the edge was the video from Whoopi. And she's like, absolutely, I'm going to make it work. Yeah, I, I was thrilled. So um, she came on. So tell me about uh, what your highlights were. So Liz Cheney, she's one of those people, I I am like emotional by nature, but sometimes even just like when she starts to talk, I find myself tearing up because as somebody who has felt so uninspired by our leaders for in my party for a period of time, there's something about this woman who, by the way, in real life, she's like five foot nothing, <laughs> standing athwart the men of history of the Republican Party going the wrong way saying stop. There's just there's a power that she commands and a decency, but also her ability to just to to articulate the gravity of the situation we're in. I mean, what I loved is I try to make the point on the show a lot, and, I, and I'm and i finding more and more that I think we're all the hosts to different degrees, but we all see it, is there is more that unites this country than divides it. Um, it's easy when we're talking politics every day to get into the things we starkly disagree on, but she was such a good reminder for every, all six hosts there that day that there is there's a decency and a desire for the future, a desire for truth, that unites more Americans than divides them. I mean, seeing Joy Behar agree with a Cheney at the table, seeing Whoopi Goldberg praising a Cheney, it's not something you would think you would say, but democracy is more important than X policy issue, X personality, the jersey you wear when you go to the voting booth. Um, and then on a personal note, she's like such an inspiration to me because I spoke when I spoke out after January 6th, I I didn't really have a game plan. I think I spoke out and was hoping, like I said, my piece and other people are going to kind of do their thing. You know, I certainly wasn't the most senior person. I wasn't, you know, the most influential. But when it became clear, a lot of people, no, not a lot of people were coming forward. And it was Liz Cheney who kept pushing and saying, we need to speak truth to power. We need to speak out against Trump. She was who, who inspired me to keep using my voice and other women who came out. So just honestly incredible to be there with her. Yeah. Kind of an odd, a, a cool full circle moment. I have to say, um, I really appreciated the fact that she gave you your uh, respect for you speaking out. And that was very touching, I thought, and uh, very inspiring, I thought. It was very nice. It meant a lot to me. And I, I think even more importantly, you know, Sarah Matthews and Cassidy Hutchinson, who she cites in her book, who were in their like early 20s when they came forward when other people didn't. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I have so much respect for for. All three of you, um, and, and obviously for Liz Cheney, too, for what she said and did. Um, speaking of big guests, big announcements, we just announced this morning that we'll be having Vice President Kamala Harris on the show next Wednesday. Woo! I mean, th- this this is why our show's so good, by the way. We had mm-hmm. Barry Manilow, Chris Christie, Liz Cheney, now we're going to have Vice President Harris. Like, it's just, it's it's all over. I mean, we had people said Gypsy Rose. Yeah, right. like, forgot yeah. Gypsy Rose. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of everything. Um I'm so excited for this. I think it speaks to how powerful our show is in a political season mm-hmm. uh, because we we reach a lot of households. We reach a lot of eyeballs, people of different generations, different political stripes, different socioeconomic backgrounds. And politicians know they need to come here to make their case. Um, and the vice president, I, I'm, I'm so excited. I've never I don't believe I've met her. I've been in Senate hearings when she was a senator that she was presenting at, but I've never actually personally met her. Mm-hmm. Um I'm very excited to have her. I I know one thing I'll definitely ask, which I'm not giving anything away because she will be expecting this, is is the border. Um, there, I think that for Republicans, the issue of border security and just dealing with our immigration crisis is one of the. It's always one of the top issues. Democrats talk about it when it comes to a crisis point, but I feel like neither side is solving it right now, and she's kind of been 
tasked as the borders are. She did go to the border in, I think, early 2023. But I'm going to I'm going to ask something in that range. But I'm just curious to hear from her and hear the pitch she has to the voter, to the public, to the audience. Yeah, it's always exciting to have um, a sitting head of state mm-hmm. on the show, obviously. And um Having a sitting vice president is a really big deal, so I'm excited for it. And yeah, it really speaks to the the importance of the show, the power of the show. And I think people tune in here because you guys are asking similar questions. I mean, don't get me wrong, you're experienced political minds, but but in general, I think you're having conversations and asking the questions that the audience would uh, want to ask as well. I think between the, the five or six of you, mm-hmm. everyone there is seeing someone who represents them. And that's why it's really important. That's that's exactly what I was thinking, because it, it, it won't be like a, a CNN interview. Um, it, it'll be much more people of completely different ideological stripes just wanting to get answers to the questions they're hearing from their friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited about it. And I hope everybody tunes in on Wednesday. So tell me this, because I've heard this from other people that have had your chair in the past. Do you feel added pressure for an interview like this being one of the Republicans at the table? Uh, yes, I very much do. Um, and especially with the vice president, because she's she's you know, she and President Biden are, are actively in a campaign right now. Right. We're, you know, 11 months out from Election Day. Um, you know, if we have a senator to come on, we've had quite a few love John Fetterman. Amy Klobuchar is always very interesting to have on that. It's more to me, you know, a policy discussion. I'm going to ask something kind of, you know, see how she feels about something I care about. This is really it's a chance to hold their feet to the fire on issues that perhaps their campaign's not focusing enough on, but 50 percent of the country cares about. Um, but there is that pressure of, by the way, everyone tunes into our show on days that we get a guest like that. Even with Liz Cheney, I was getting countless texts from people all over because they wanted to see how we, how she did with us and what she had to say. Um, there's a pressure there, but I'm, I'm ready for it and excited. And I think, listen, you guys know my nature is like, I'm respectful and I'm not combative. Um, we'll do follow ups if they're warranted, but I right, I'm but not, not looking. Gotcha nobody's moment. looking for. Yeah. No, that that gets us nowhere. That's actually how we continue in the same spiral of like nothing getting accomplished. Right. And one of the great things about this show is that because you do get different political persuasions in front of you as a Republican, you're able to talk to the Democratic sitting vice president, which isn't something mm-hmm. a lot of Republicans get a chance to do as a Democrat. Joy Behar gets to interview Republicans in a setting that most Democrats don't get a chance to do. It's a, it's an interesting uh, dynamic, and it's what makes the show so interesting. Well, and also, I mean, we technically are in a primary season, though the Democratic primary seems to have more or less wrapped up. But the view table, that's a pretty good general election table. You've got conservative. You've got more moderate types. Um, you've got the, you know, the left represented on the other side. That that's It's pretty close based on what we're going to ask about to how you would approach a general election audience. So I think it's it'll be it's a good opportunity to start, you know, kind of test driving with their reelection. Campaign yeah. And is. even on the left, I think you have uh, nuances and differences, Definitely. certainly I, yeah. um, between, you know, Sonny and Whoopi and Joy, mm-hmm. I think actually feel pretty differently on a lot of different more so than people realize. Yeah. And uh, with Whoopi, I can never predict where she is on something Completely. because she's really an independent thinker, which is why people love to hear from her, because it's you net. She's very unpredictable. Yeah. So um, I, I'm really looking forward to having the, the VP here and uh, really honored that she chose to come here. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. This is Sunny Hostin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Chris Christie dropped out of the presidential race last night. It's where we started the show today. You've been calling for him to drop out for weeks, including to him directly when he was on the show. Why do you think he finally decided to do it? Um, Listen, Chris Christie, behind the scenes, people who respect him and care about him, and I count myself among those who respect him very much, um, they didn't want to see him. Well, there's kind of two things. There's the personal side of He's trying to he wants to fix his image for having supported Trump. And I think he's done that and how he's been unequivocal in his condemnation. But what they were warning him is if your continued presence in the race could actually boost Trump over Nikki Haley and people will blame you once again for being somebody who supported Trump. And I think I think that broke through to him. I think it also um, just the the way the numbers pan out is you're either someone who wants Trump or you want Trump light which is DeSantis, or you want an alternative. That is Nikki Haley. Um, With him in the race, he's always been about 10% in New Hampshire. 
his voters, the, the, we, we expect two thirds of them would go to Nikki Haley's campaign. So I think he was feeling that pressure. I also think that he has realized his voice matters on the outside. He's not going away. We're not going to stop hearing from him. I also am very much expect that he's going to get courted by one of these these third party efforts, um, which will be interesting to see, because I think he he represents a very real frustration that I think Liz Cheney also spoke to of the disenfranchised Republican voter who is not MAGA. They are not a national national populist. They don't even get I mean, there were eight minutes, I think, spent last night talking about what bathroom, uh, you know, kids are going to use and like the trans bathroom issues in a national debate. And I'm like, that doesn't rank in the first thousand issues to me of things that I care about. Also, I'm sorry, if you're a leader, have a gender neutral bathroom and move on. Like, why are we giving airtime to this? There, there, there are people who feel completely left out of the direction the party's going. And right. I think he may look for an opportunity to fill that void. I think Liz Cheney may. And then he might have an appeal to independent voters. And then yeah. you wonder whether that hurts Biden or Trump. And that was... That was a point I made on air today, which I don't none of us have the answer to, by the way. This is hypothetical. But the fear that both never Trumpers and Biden voters have of a third party is what if he takes more votes from Joe Biden and is a spoiler for Trump? It's a very legitimate fear. But I would counter to say, if you guys are so confident that you're Biden or bust, you're not going to consider a Gretchen Whitmer or a Gavin Newsom or whoever it may be then you shouldn't be afraid that you are the ones who are going to bleed votes if there's any other option introduced. Yeah, it's a it's a delicate alchemy, I think, and it's hard to really predict. But I will say, I think especially if it's someone like a Liz Cheney, who I think has character, integrity and is clear eyed about stopping Trump, she would never engage in a third party race if she had data that showed she would be a spoiler in favor of Donald Trump. Right. So that's going to be the the main thing we have to watch for. There was uh, also with Chris Christie this hot mic moment um, that was put out by his campaign. Not a hot mic. That's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. Do you think it was an accident? Um, I don't think it's a hot mic. I mean, Chris, Chris Christie says what's on his mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was too cute by a half, but like he's pretty much said as much. And by dropping out of the race and not endorsing Haley, he's, you know, pretty directly telling the public what he thinks of her personally. Um, it's very clear there's not a lot of goodwill between the two. Um but I think he has every right to not endorse. I think he did the right thing. It was enough for me just to step out and release his voters. And the voters can decide where they want to go. And I do think it will be to her. Um, but no, I don't. I think he want, He just was one kind of last parting shot at Nikki. And uh, also, frankly, at DeSantis, yeah. and he was petrified. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm sure that phone call probably happened. I mean, that, yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, all right. So I have to ask you this now, because Governor Christie raised on the show the possibility that and and gave as his reason for not endorsing Nikki that he thinks she might end up being the VP, mm-hmm. uh, Trump's VP, and he would feel very guilty if he helped get support for her. And then that happened as somebody who's very vehemently anti-Trump, mm-hmm. but has also tacitly endorsed Nikki Haley on our show. Maybe not so tacitly, maybe <laughs> actually have endorsed her. Do you worry about that at all? It's a very legitimate fear that I have. Um, I've expressed both to her campaign and to top surrogates among her that I believe it would do well, at the, especially in this juncture in the race, to just unequivocally say she would not be as vice president. Make that clear so that those of us who are never going to be able to support Trump are not waffling about how much we should be supporting you. And I know that there are people on the fence about Haley purely because of this issue. Quite a few, actually. Mm-hmm. Um I think that she should put it to bed once and for all. And I think it needs to be more definitive than I'm running for first, not second. That's a that's kind of a non-answer. Sure. Um, 
I never praised DeSantis, but I appreciated that he was unequivocal. No, I will not be. Now, granted, Trump wasn't going to ask DeSantis to be, but um, that would be important. And I think strategically, the campaigns are being just way too cautious with, I mean, obviously, with regard to Trump. If there's a time to go for broke, pull off the gloves, say what she really thinks about him, it's New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So now's the time. I think she owes it. And by the way, I'll say this for the audience. If if Haley ends up becoming being Donald Trump's vice president, I will unequivocally withdraw my support. I will own that I was wrong about her. And I will say very publicly that I will not support a ticket with her on it. All right. There we go. All right. Switching gears. There was a viral video from the Golden Globes. I want to talk about it with you because the other ones don't care. Uh, it was of <laughs> Selena Gomez giving some kind of uh, spilling some kind of tea to her friend Taylor Swift. And now Selena has spoken out saying that she was telling Taylor about two friends that hooked up. So this was memed everywhere, reeled everywhere. And uh, everyone was guessing what they were talking about. A lot of people were saying it was about Tip- Timothy Chalamet. Um, what do you think of Selena's explanation? Oh, I mean, just first off, this was such an iconic moment. I mean, the memes great. are absolute gold. I've seen them in like political space, like in everything. People are having the bad lip a reading is it. worth taking a look at. Oh, too. I have to look yes. at it. Um, I mean, I think the reason it took off, by the way, is what's more relatable than being at a work function, leaving your table and going to like gossip with your best friend about something. <laughs> it just happens to be one is the most followed woman on Instagram and the other is Taylor Swift, like the most iconic artist at the moment. Um I'm I'm totally fine with her explanation. I'm not even sure she needed one though. Right. It almost felt too defensive. Um, but I, I think uh just the whole thing is perfect. I think I think she should have left it to us to guess what was being said because that's almost more fun. Right. Well, because now of course everyone's wondering which of her yeah, two like, friends. Wait, yeah. Like, Actually, knowing your friend group, which two friends hooked up, we need more details. Exactly. So I mean most of her friends are pretty famous too. So that's gonna be an interesting well, yeah. And by the way, one of the I'm obsessed with Selena Gomez. I think I've said before she would be my like dream guest to have on the show. I would show. love to have her here too. In addition to her music, her acting, um, she's a big mental health advocate, and mm-hmm. she she did her documentary. But what I love about her is she very regularly does these social media pauses, um, where she's just like, "I'm going to get off for a bit. It's good for me." And I think, especially for someone who is usually one of the, the most followed people on social media, it's really cool to see that she's like, even I know I need to step away. Like we can all kind of take a lesson from that. Yeah, I, I think that's really good. Um, now, talking about that, I mean, have have you ever actually taken the social media break? Yeah, um, I did my honeymoon. I think I told you the story because I was literally taking off on this puddle jumper to St. Bart's and Donald Trump put out like a rage statement about me. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And my husband poured me a glass of wine on this tiny little plane and was like, let's just turn off your phone for... I think it's five days or six days. It was amazing. It, it What you don't realize is if you don't look at it, it doesn't really matter. Right. Like there's some someone in my orbit is going to tell me if there's something I need to address that happened. You're going to call me Lori or someone or my family will. But like you don't need it. And I find that I don't miss it the longer I'm off. I had that conversation with Whoopi yesterday. I said, if you're uh, she said something, someone said something to her. Was I trending or something? And I said, if it was important, I would have yeah, mentioned it. Exactly. To you. You, you don't need to know. <laughs> You don't need to know. Okay. Um, so let's talk about this. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. The women on the show talked about uh, when it was appropriate for husbands uh, communicating with other women on social media. That includes DMs, following other women, and liking their posts. Has this ever been an issue in your relationships? And what are your social media rules? <laughs> All right, we don't have rules. That's unspoken. I think in a relationship with trust, it should be. DMs would be weird, like unless it's a a friend or an old classmate and there's a purpose to it or Uh just like a ha ha response. 
But I mean, if you're engaging in like private messages with someone, I think that's odd. Um, following or liking photos. No, liking thirst traps. This is an interesting one. Yeah, I, I was talking to someone about this backstage. I, I'm wary of that. Like if I'm on Instagram and I see even a friend who has a photo that is just provocative in any way, shape or form, I will not like it. <laughs> or I'm just like, it just it's creepy. I think it's creepy. I, I know. I think I mean, it's kind of a double standard, though, because I definitely like like celebrity male thirst traps mm-hmm. without even second guessing. Sure. It. OK. And to be honest, I don't think it bothers me if my husband does like he loves like Sydney Sweeney. I mean, who doesn't love Sydney Sweeney? I'm not going to get annoyed that he liked a picture of her. I do think I'd be it's a little different when it's a thirst trap of like an actual person that we know and interact with. Right. But of course, you're a, a host of The View. In the end, you start knowing the people that. <laughs> Are celebrities doing that? That is true. Yeah. Um, but luckily, my husband's the best of all of them. <laughs> well, there you go. That, that's the trick. But, but by the way, I do think too many rules and restrictions isn't actually that healthy. Right. You know, if you trust your partner, I don't need my husband to tell me every day of the week that I'm the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. there's always going to be someone younger, more attractive, thinner, or whatever. But it's about the love, respect, relationship, and commitment you have to each other. Yeah. See, my wife doesn't get jealous. Like, I, I might start liking photos. <laughs> you try to, just make to make her make get her jealous. jealous yeah. But, yeah. She could care less. Um, <laughs> all right. So, thank you for joining us. Tomorrow, we'll be joined by Anna Navarro. In the meantime, if you have a question, this is new. We have a hotline, which is exciting. People are going to leave us uh, messages and we'll have like for advice or questions or comments. Um, But if you have a question for me or want advice for for, uh, from a co-host, please check the episode description for the number to our behind the table hotline. Pretty cool. All right. Thank you for listening and uh, please follow and uh, like the podcast, review the podcast and let me know what you're thinking. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' Group Text Podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.